This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church, and I'm really excited. You know, one of the things that I've always wanted to do uh, with this is not only just to have a monologue, but I've also talked about the opportunity of being able to have dialogues with people from our church as well. And uh, last week, we were blessed with Pastor Stan uh, giving the message, and so Pastor Stan is actually with us today. You want to say hello, Stan? Hello. I'm... Uh... Proud to be here. <laughs> All right, so Stan, there are some people who might be listening who have absolutely no idea who you are or anything about you. So if you wanted to share just a little bit of, uh, 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 just tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, my name is Stan Simmons, and I'm an associate pastor here at Encounter Community Church. I've been with the church here for several years, and uh, I enjoy uh, my job very immensely and enjoy working with Ken as well. Well, that's good. I paid him to say that, you know. <laughs> it, it helps him to keep his job. <laughs> so what kind of things do you like to do for fun, Stan? Well, I like to fish. I'm, uh, fishing is my, uh, my passion, I guess you'd say, my favorite thing to do when I'm, when I'm not working. Uh, I like to ocean fish, tuna fish especially. Nice. All right, so what's the biggest fish that you've ever caught? A 56-pound uh, black sea bass. Nice. The, the problem with it was we had to throw it back because it's an endangered species. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you did all that work. <laughs> the and the biggest fish I ever caught, I had to throw back. <laughs> so are you telling one of those fish stories? <laughs> <laughs> well, a few years ago, it was about 20 pounds. No, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so it's just, it grows every year, right? Yeah. That, well, the, the deckhand uh, estimated it as. 56 pounds, I think it was. Man, that is awesome. I wish I could have been there to see that. So the other thing, Super Bowl Sunday, are you happy with the results of the Super Bowl? Yeah, I was kind of pulling for the Kansas City Chiefs because Andy Reid never won a Super Bowl. So he's a great coach, so I'm, I'm glad to see him get a win. And, and we all know the real reason why you're really rooting for the Chiefs, right? Because you're a Rams fan, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't want the 49ers to win. Yeah, that would have been a shift in the atmosphere for you to be a Ram fan rooting for the 49ers. Like Satan would be going, Brr, it's, it's cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad to see that Andy Reid actually got his, his ring. Yeah. Uh, he's been a great coach, so he, he deserves it. So we'll, we'll see where it goes next year. Hopefully, uh, the Rams will be back in the mix next year. We already know that they made a change with the defensive coordinator, so we'll see, yeah. you know, what's going to happen happen there. Well, I think that, you know, they uh, didn't do as well as they expected this year, but always next year. Right. I don't think they did it anywhere near as well as anyone expected them no, to do. Like, I, I didn't expect them to be that bad. Now, my Buccaneers, <laughs> I, I expected them to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> But I won't say anything about them beating the Rams this year. Nothing at all. <laughs> Not one single word. I've heard about it every week, I think. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that might be listening for the first time, we are actually in the middle of a series called 2020 From Vision to Reality. And what we're looking at is how do we get to a point where we can allow our resolutions, our vision of ourselves, where we can get to a point where that actually does 
become reality in our lives. If this is your first time listening, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the last, uh, the prior three podcasts. It, it kind of sets the tone uh, with where we're at today. But also, it's just a great way to begin to look at building change in your life. We're going through a book called Atomic Habits by a guy named James Clear. Not a Christian book, uh, but there's some really great insights that we could take and utilize in our lives. And if we look at them carefully, there are actual spiritual implications uh, that we could take from them uh, to be able to see and utilize uh, in our lives as well. And, and one of the things he talks about in his book is how habits are formed. And so he says there's a cue, which is basically a trigger. From that, it creates a craving, something that you desire, something that you want. As a result of the cue and the craving, you get a response. So there's an action. Either there's an action or there's a thought. There's a way that you're moved towards something. And then finally, with that, there's a reward. So there's something that you get out of doing it. Or else, of course, it wouldn't be a habit and you wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) So it kind of builds that way. And then he says, if you really want to see change happen in your lives, he gives four laws of behavior change. With cue... He says, make it obvious. Make whatever change that you want to do, make it as obvious as possible. Whatever bad habit that you want to get rid of, make it invisible. Uh, So remove it from your environment, remove it from your atmosphere to help you to be able to change. And then when it comes to craving, he says, make it attractive. Have it be something that you're drawn to, that you're attracted to. And if for a habit that you're trying to break, he says, well, make that unattractive. So do the complete opposite of that. So, and then also, when it comes to response, he says, make it easy. Make it as easy as possible for you to be able to do. And then the same thing, if there's something that you're trying to quit, then make that as difficult for you to do as possible. And then finally, with reward, uh, the fourth law for change is he says, make it satisfying, that you get some kind of satisfaction or some, some kind of fulfillment out of it. And then the same thing is to get to a point where if you're trying to break a bad habit is to make the bad habit unsatisfying. So you can kind of see that there's the, the yin and yang, I guess, of it, that there's the opposites you know, of it. Um, so with that in mind, uh, what, we, what we've been doing over the last few weeks now, or the last couple of weeks, started last week, is we've been focusing on each law. So last week we looked at make it obvious. Uh, this week we, we're looking at the idea of making it attractive. Making it attractive, so that's the, that's the second law. So making the change that you want attractive, making the thing that you're trying to get rid of unattractive. So that's kind of the idea behind that. And, and Stan, you, you told a story uh, that, I, that I loved of exaggerated reality, you know, with the, with the birds example. Can you, can you share that, you know, with the audience as well? There was this guy that did an a, um, experiment on birds and he won a Nobel Prize for it, and it was a tin burger. He realized that seagulls, he, he, he w- went to uh, test some seagulls, and he, he found out that seagulls on their beak, they have a red dot. And uh, the baby seagulls, when they're hungry and want food, they peck at the red dot. And so he waited, he waited till the, the adult seagulls left the nest, and he took cardboard uh, head of a, of a seagull and just painted a red dot on a beak, and just a head, no body. And he took it and put it in front of the this baby seagulls. To his surprise, he thought they would reject it, but they pecked at those dots just like it was his mother's beak. Mm. So what he did is that he, he took the, the the cardboard and he made the red dot bigger. And he to his surprise again, he, he the, the the baby seagulls pecked harder and faster at the larger red dot. Mm. So he thought, wow, this is great. So then he 
put three dots on one seagull's beak, and the, the birds went crazy over it. They, they were just crazy with delight, pecking as hard and fast as they could at those three dots on that uh, cardboard seagull. Hmm. So he uh, realized that uh, they didn't care if the cardboard beak was, was the beak was cardboard or not. They just was, were able to, through their brain being uh, a presuppositioned, I guess, to, mm-hmm. to uh, re- respond to those red dots, that the more and the bigger the red dots, the more, the, the, the more they would react to it. And he called it supernatural stimuli, I believe is right, the term yeah, he used. Absolutely. Something he didn't expect, but something that he actually won a new Nobel Prize for doing. Wow. That and some other animals as well that he tested <laughs> in different ways. So as we listen to that story, I guess the question that maybe as you're listening to this and, and thinking about what Stan had mentioned, every single one of us, we have our own red dot, mm-hmm. right? There's something that draws you. There's something that attracts you. Uh, matter of fact, in your message, you said humans are prone to fall for exaggerated versions of reality yes. as well as one of the things that, that you had talked about. And, and there were some cues. Remember some of those cues that you had, had mentioned on Sunday? Junk food. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> junk, food. junk food. Chips and dips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chips and dips. You know, it, it triggers a, an unbelievable response in your system to those chips and dips. The, the, the companies that make the, chi- the chips and dips, they will... They will. They spend millions of dollars on to getting that right exact taste and explosion in your mouth mm. that will trigger the response for you to eat more. Mm. That's the way they sell us stuff. So that's the reason why the Oreo cookie is oh, such yeah. a fantastic. Oh man, that, you, know, you just say Oreo and I'm ready. That, <laughs> that, that, that crunchy cookie and the white creamy uh, center is just uh, something that you can't resist. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I just say the word Oreo, my mouth starts to water. What about you guys listening? Is, is your mouth watering? And if so, I apologize. And if you happen to go out and get Oreo, that's not my fault. If you happen to go out, and, we don't take responsibility. <laughs> At least on that part. At least on that part. The changes we take responsibility before. You going out and get Oreo cookies, uh, that's not our fault. So it is interesting to note that, you know, when it comes to some of our favorite things, you know, chips and dips, there's the fats, the salts, the sugar. Those are the things that pull us in. That's three of the major food groups, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you look at my body, you'd probably say, yeah. yeah." (laughs) But I I love the idea of understanding this whole idea of something being attractive. Because I don't know when we think about wanting to make change in our lives, we don't necessarily look at the idea of my old habit that I'm trying to break, that it's really attractive. Yeah. And it, and it makes sense then why sometimes change would seem unattractive. Absolutely. You know, I, re- I remember when I was trying to make the decision to actually go to vegetarianism. Yeah. You know, I know you're not there yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the thing that I wrestled with was, man, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you guys, the biggest wrestle I had was, man, I'm going to have to give up bacon. <laughs> right? right? I mean, there, there's nothing more glorious than bacon. I mean, you add bacon to anything, anything. right? And it makes it incredible. So that was one of the things I realized that I have to give. But I, I think a lot of times that's what hinders us from being able to, to make. Would you agree that that's what hinders us from being able to make changes is we don't necessarily see the, tra- the change as being attractive? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
if we want to make better habits in our lives, the changes are good for us too. Right. But but you know we're stuck in in our old reality or our, our reality where we've been for a long time, and and we don't want to change. Right. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And I, I love this. James Clear. He put it this way. He says. But with natural, unprocessed foods, you tend to experience the same sensations over and over. How's that 17th bite of kale taste? <laughs> and if you had kale, you understand what I'm saying. You, you do, unless you had kale chips. Kale chips are just freaking awesome. But that's a whole other thing. After a few minutes, your brain loses interest and you begin to feel full. But foods that are high in dynamic contrast keep the experience novel and interesting, encouraging you to eat more. Yes. And I thought, you know, I really honed in on that part of the, when I was studying this. If I eat something that's good for me, like kale or, or plant-based foods, I'm going to be full faster, so I'll eat less. That's just a great benefit. Right. Not only is it great for your body to eat those things, you don't eat as much. Right. And you get full. Right. I did not realize that. I would agree. I would agree. I, I probably, I, I did not realize that either. I think that was one of the, that's one of the things I think has helped with going vegetarian for me. I think that that's why I think the move for our family has been to go from, uh, we went from, uh, honestly, we, we, we ate meat and then we decided to go vegetarian, but we actually went carbitarian. <laughs> <laughs> which means chips and salsa, baby. Um, my wife and I were making the transition to go from carbitarian to actually vegetarian to try to work more of that into our, into our diet, I guess. And, then, and when I say diet, I'm not necessarily saying diet as in going on a diet, but diet as in what we eat. Yes. If you really want to change your eating habits, I think one of the struggles is this whole idea of seeing what you eat as being attractive. And, and when I see, when I'm talking about seeing it being attractive, I'm talking about like biting into it, having your mouth water. And, and there's, that, there's that excitement that comes from wanting to eat that. Um, and I think that that's, when I, when I struggled with the whole idea of becoming a vegetarian, I, I thought I would lose some of that. But I could tell you, there's, there's certain fruits that I'll eat now that kind of triggers me well, and certain vegetables I eat now that tra- kind of triggers me well. And, and I'll tell you now, I'm giving up the chips and dip and going with carrots and hummus. There you go. <laughs> well, we want our meals to be pleasurable. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you just got to kind of like change your mindset a little bit. And once you do, I believe, you know, I haven't done it, but I, 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 I can see how it's possible to do that and, and not feel like you've lost something that, right. you, that you needed. Right. You know. And, and, I, and I, would, I would agree with you on that as well. And, and there's always like that, that, that challenge to make a commitment to, to, see that, to see that change happen. But as we're talking about something that's being attractive and having your mouth water, one of the things that you talked about on Sunday that I thought was really interesting is you talked about this aspect of dopamine. Yes. And what happens with your body with dopamine and when it comes to something that you like or something you desire, how that kicks in. Could you, you want to explain that to those who are listening? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the dop- dopamine spike, you get a dopamine spike. They used to think it was just with pleasurable things, but now they, they realize that you get a dopamine spike uh, with a lot of things that, that you do in your life. Talking about habits, the first time you're going to try to start a habit that says something that you haven't done before, you won't get that. You, there, there, you have this, the same four things that you just talked about a minute ago, the cue, the craving, the, re- the reward, I mean the... Um, uh, response. response and the reward. Mm-hmm. 
the first time you do something, you, you don't get that dopamine spike until the reward, until you actually do it. Mm. You see something you want to do, and you get a, and, and then you're supposed to have the craving and the response, and then the reward. You get that dopamine spike when you get to the reward. Mm. But once you're doing a habit, uh, you don't get that spike at the, at, the, at the reward. You get that spike as soon as you see, uh, like I'm going to go running, and, and you, you get a cue, I'm supposed to run now. Mm. And you, so you get a, in your body a, a craving for that, and you get that dopamine spike actually at the craving mm. instead of at the reward, and mm-hmm. then you don't get a spike at the reward. You know, and then uh, if, if you, so let's say you're used to running every day, and you realize it's time coming to running, and you get that dopamine spike at the craving, and then something happens where you're unable to run when you thought you were supposed to, then you actually get a dip, a low spot in your dopamine uh, because you weren't able to complete what you were supposed to do. But if you later on, after that, get a chance to actually run, oh, yes, I'm going to be able to run, then you will get that dopamine spike again because your brain tells you, oh, yeah, see, I told you you were going to get to do it. Mm. So that's the way that dopamine works. You know, it, it, so it's not really the 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 reward uh, when you're in in a habit. Uh, you don't get your spike at the reward. You get your spike just preparing. Mm. That's when you get that. So that's the motivation to get you going, to get you moving. That dopamine spike you get mm. uh, that says it's time to do this or that or whatever it is you're involved in at the moment. Whatever the habit is you're you're trying to in, reinforce or do more a better job at it's interesting that you say that because i think that that then that does really it does make sense about building that habit right that you get started because i think initially when you're trying to get started with doing something because you don't get that dopamine spike to you actually hit the reward like trying to get started it's it's hard, it's hard. to get motivated yes to get going but then once you actually do it and you find out that you enjoy it yeah boom you get that dopamine spike yeah and you know the benefit you're going to get benefits you're going to feel better you know, or or whatever you know, whatever the, whatever the habit is right. that that you're that that you're talking about, be more likely that you do it uh, on a consistent basis right. because of that spike you get early instead of at the reward. So I, I want to encourage you with this, and if if you're listening, if you're trying to build new habits into your life, try to incorporate it in such a way to where eventually you do get that dopamine spike, you do get that hit, and you and and you do feel good about whatever it is that you do. If at the end of whatever it is that you're trying, if you're trying to be healthy in some way, if you don't get a dopamine spike from it where you really feel good about doing it, you know what I want to encourage you to do? Try something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not everyone is meant to be a runner. Not everyone is meant to lift weights. Not everyone is meant to swim. Like, Like there's certain things that just appeal to us that make us feel good after we're doing it. So if you're trying to get physically fit and you're trying to start moving, Find what gives you that, that spike that makes you feel good after doing it. And then what will happen is when it's time for you to go do it again, you're going to get that dopamine spike at the beginning of it to exactly. motivate you to go, out, to go out and do that. You know, so maybe join a sports team. Try to find other ways to get involved to get you out physically. That's what I'm saying in eating healthier. Try to find other things that you find enjoyable when it comes to eating healthier. Because I think sometimes when it comes to dieting, I, I know I used to think the whole thing. I used to think the same way. Diet, salad, 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Salad. Ooh, fun salad. So then you know what we do, right, is, is we get the salad and then we douse it with tons of salad dressing, thus eliminating the benefit of the salad, but we're trying to get that dopamine spike from the salad as well. <laughs> so if we can incorporate other elements of eating healthier, uh, that really does make a difference as well. And so again, just to kind of step back for a moment, uh, what we do with our podcast is we try to give you one or two nuggets that you can really hold on to so that you can go back and you can look at how do I take this and apply this to my life. And, and so maybe the first nugget that you might want to walk away with is a simple question. What's your red dot? Like, what is it that gets you excited? What is it that gets you moving? What is it that gets you pecking? And, and then begin to figure that out when it comes to your bad habits. That you can find out what it is, and then you can also begin to look at developing new habits. Like, what can be my new red dot that gets me excited about doing this? And then here's one of the things I always love about the Bible, is the Bible never just tells you to stop doing something. It, it, it never does. What the Bible tells you to do, actually, is it says, in order for you to see change happen, the Bible might say, put this off or stop doing this, but then the Bible will say, replace it with this Amen. and put this on. And, and so maybe it comes that same way when it comes to our habits as well. You know, when it comes to our resolutions, uh, we, we try so hard to just quit, like I'm going to quit smoking or quit eating poorly. Or, or we, we so focus on, on, on quitting that we never think about, well, what am I going to replace it with? And so the result is, in giving up that quitting, if we never replace it, then we, we're continuing to look for the dopamine spike, right? Yeah. And if we never replace it with something, then what happens then is we eventually are pulled back to whatever habit it was before, because now we're pulled back into that dopamine spike once again. So that's important when it comes to this whole idea of making it attractive. And I think this also, this does boil down to the same thing when it comes to the spiritual dynamic of our lives too. Because I think sometimes when we look at spirituality, we'll be honest, many of us use terms like, I have to, right? Like, I have to pray, I have to go to church, I have to read my Bible, I have to be a good person, I have to, I have to, I have to. Yeah. And, and let me tell you now. There ain't no dopamine spike in have to. That's yep. <laughs> true. Right? So I guess one of the things I'd, I'd like to ask you, Stan, something that maybe you've thought about as well, is what are some ways I guess we can maybe begin to change our perspective, you know, when it comes to the spiritual dynamic of our lives? Is there any, if, if someone were listening to this and they were thinking, you know, I, I really do need to develop these spiritual disciplines into my life, is there a word of encouragement that you would give them? You can do it by, uh, one thing you can do is just uh, change one word in that sentence you just used. Mm. Instead of, I have to uh, read my Bible, you could say, I get to read my Bible. Mm. I get to go to church tomorrow morning. Mm. You know, because, and the more uh, that you continue to do that, it, you're kind of like training your brain to, to be encouraged by what's coming up, what's going to happen. I'm going to read my Bible. Right. I get to. Right. And that... That in itself, the, the way our brains work, uh, if you change the, the way that you frame something, mm -hmm. so you need to reframe the way you talk about something, and it will actually help you to be able to motivate yourself to do things easier, and, and it will just come uh, naturally after a while. 
That's beautiful. I, I, I love that. I, instead of I have to, I get to. Yeah. Where you see to. it as a privilege as opposed yeah. to an obligation. Yeah. The first time you hear that, you just think, oh, well, really? You know, but yeah. try it. Yeah, yeah. Our brains just kind of work that way. That's great. And it does bring some appeal to that. That's, I, I, I love that. I love that. That's where Hebrews 10.25 comes into place, too. To not give up meeting together, some in our habit of doing, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day approaching. I, I, see, I, I think sometimes we have that tendency to think, and I've, seen, and I've heard people say, well, you know what? I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And the truth is, you, you, you don't. You, you really don't. You don't have to. But you already can see where I'm going right. with this, right? Mm-hmm. I get right. to go to church as, yeah. as, a, as a believer. Maybe one of the reasons why I get to go to church is that one word that's in that passage, encouraging. Yes, encouraging one another. That church is a place for me to be uplifted. Church is a place for me to be encouraged. And, and so here's my encouragement to you who are listening, is if you have become disenchanted with church, then I would say find a place where you can be encouraged, where you can know that when I walk out of those doors, I'm going to be uplifted. I am going to be charged. I'm going to be ready for my week, ready to tackle whatever it is that comes at me. So what if we were to take that and add that to our spiritual dynamic of our lives? Not that I, I have to, but I get to. That it's, it, it's an incredible privilege. And think about it this way, like, the God who made the universe, who created it all, says, I want to be deeply connected with you. I mean, just, how, just, just think about how, how beautiful and, and personal that is, because that's, that is exactly what it is that God desires, is that opportunity to be deeply richly, and richly connected with you. And so now when you think about it from that perspective, now when I go to church, I'm going to church because I get an opportunity to be encouraged by others as well as to be connected to a God who deeply desires me. When I pray, I get a chance to talk to a God who deeply desires me. When I, when I read my Bible, I get a chance to hear from a God who deeply wants to communicate his heart, his passion, his love, and his desires to me. What if we were to take that perspective when it comes to the spiritual dynamic of our lives? Man, talk about a dopamine hit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that perspective comes easier and quicker when you do change your mindset on the way that you frame what you're going to be doing. Mm. When you start saying to yourself, I I get to go to church in the morning, Mm. you start becoming excited about it. I I want to go there and be with my brothers and sisters in Christ and be encouraged and encourage somebody. And I love that element too. Because here's the thing too that's important is, here's the reason why I wanna encourage you if you're not connected to a, to a church. Would I, I'm being selfish, would I love to have you come to Encounter? Absolutely, absolutely, I'm not gonna lie. I would love to have you come to Encounter. However, connect somewhere. And, and here's the reason why, is not only is church about what it can give to you? But also, you know another way that you get that dopamine spike? Is when you discover a way for you to give back to yeah. the church. When you are on a receiving line and you pass out food to that homeless person 
who is starving, boom, there's that dopamine spike. Uh, if you're gifted musically and you see someone who comes to church for the first time and they come and they talk to you and they say, you know what, I, I'm so inspired by this church service, but I will also tell you, I'm inspired by the music. Boom, dopamine spike. So when you, when you are volunteering in the children's program and, and someone says to you, you know what, thank you so much for taking care of my infant child and changing diapers so that I can be in church. God really spoke to me today and he gave me that freedom because of the fact that you took time to invest in my child. Boom, dopamine spike. So see, not only is it about what you can get from church that gives you the dopamine spike, but more so it's about what you can give that can give you that dopamine spike. Now, I'll be honest, are there other places that you can give? Yes. I mean, I'm not going to limit that. Uh, There are, but there really is something about the value of connecting with others who are developing a spiritual dynamic in their lives as well. And, and that's where I, I love this statement that you mentioned on Sunday. It says you, you have mentioned a quote from the book. You said, the culture that you live in determines which behaviors are attractive yes. to you. Like I, I really believe that. Yeah, your culture does make a difference, oh, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Uh, humans are, uh, they, they want to fit in. Mm-hmm. They, they have the, the desire to uh, uh, be, be with, go with the crowd, so to, so to speak. You don't want to be somebody. If, if you're trying to do a habit, Let's say, uh, and you want, you're in this culture, or you or join a culture, and their habits are different than yours. What you're trying to do, the habits you're trying to change, are going to be unattractive to you because they're not going with the flow. You're kind of like going upstream in a downstream uh, battle. You know mm, what I mean? Mm. So you need to be in a culture where that you're with people that are like-minded. Mm-hmm. And where, where you can uh, have the same, the same desire to, to uh, have the same kind of habits in, in your life. So I, so I love that. So basically what, what Stan is saying, like if, if you want to, if you, if you don't run, maybe consider joining a running group and run with them. It, it may help to motivate you to grow in that way. So you can start looking at other areas of exercise. And, and, and I'm not just talking about joining a gym. <laughs> you know, there's more to it. But actually looking at ways to develop those rich connections to help you move forward. And I think it would apply the same way with the spiritual dynamic of our lives oh, as well. That if I really want to see myself grow spiritually, then take that step to be connected with others. And I, and I do want to say this. I, I know that there are some of you who are listening who have had some significant church experiences that have rubbed you the wrong way. And, and on behalf of Church, capital C, if, if that's you and you're listening, I, I want to apologize to you. But I also want to challenge you, too. See, I, I think it's really interesting that the one place that we give up on as a whole, like if I have one bad church experience, then we say, I, I'll never go to another church again. But we don't do that with other aspects of our lives. I think about it. Like if you go to a restaurant and you have a bad experience at a restaurant, you never say, well, I will never go to another restaurant again. No, you just say what? I won't go to that restaurant, right? Or if you go to a grocery store, you have a bad experience at a grocery store. It's not like you never go to any grocery store again. You just don't go to that grocery store. So I, I really want to encourage you that if you've had a bad church experience, 
and, and, all, and pretty much all of us have in some way, form, or fashion. Don't give up on church, but maybe begin to step out there to find a church that is right for you. And in that, hopefully what it does is it motivates you and spurs you on to grow and develop and get connected. But if we really want to grow spiritually, we want to be a part of a culture that inspires that. Exactly. And so that's what we encourage you with, you know, with church as well. And, and I just want to ask you real quick, Stan, like how, how have you seen like church culture help you change or grow or develop as a result of it? A multitude of, of ways. Uh, uh, you know, I never, uh, when, when I first came back to church, I, I was at church when I was younger and then I got away from church for uh, quite a few years. And, and when I came back and really started studying the Bible and, and being discipled and starting doing different things in the church, the more things I got involved in, helping people or going out and, and, and talking to people or uh, going into the community. Not only did it help people, but it helped me. Mm. I mean, I mean it, it helps you to feel good about yourself and know that you're, you're doing something good for someone and it, it does a lot of good for you and it helps you realize that uh, uh, you can do things that God wants you to do if you just put a little effort into it. That's great. That's great. So I, I really do hope that you hear this today and that you walk away being encouraged. So I, I think I would agree, you know, in a sense of just looking at that. Again, I, I think going back to the dopamine spike, right? Normally we have one or two nuggets. Today we might have a little bit more. <laughs> but the second one being, man, find something that charges you. Find something that gives you that dopamine spike. If you really want to see change happen in your life, Find that thing that you desire to do, get the dopamine spike out of it, the charge out of it. And then also what you want to do then is try to minimize the change that you want to make, that the, whatever it is that you want to get rid of, you have to figure out a way to lessen its dopamine spike. And I don't think you ever get rid of the dopamine spike of the old thing. I think that's the theory of replacement. That's why God tells you to replace things, because of the simple fact that that, that old pull, it will continue to be a pull. And the only way to get rid of that old pull is to get a new pull, right? So that's why God says, take this off, put this on. Stop doing that, start doing this. So that way you can replace that dopamine spike and then continue to get that uplifting encouragement and, and habit in your life as well. I, I love this quote. He says, one of the, from James Clear, one of the most effective things you can do to build better habits is to join a culture where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. New habits seem achievable when you see others doing them every day, every day. If you are surrounded by fit people, you're more likely to consider working out to be a common habit. If you're surrounded by jazz lovers, you're more likely to believe it's reasonable to play jazz every day. Your culture sets your expectations for what is quote unquote normal. Surround yourself with people who have the habits you want to have for yourself, and you will rise together. I love that. And just so encouraging in that way is just connecting and being around others and helping to build that joy that you can get. And then finally, what the other quote that I wanted to read is, every craving has a surface-level craving and a deeper underlying motive. That was something that you talked about yes. on Sunday as well. Can you explain you know, the idea behind that? Yeah, a, a, a craving is, is something like I say, let's say I want to eat tacos. Mm. See, I have a craving for tacos. I want to eat tacos. 
well, you say, well, why do you want to eat tacos? And I say, I would, I would not say, well, because I, I have a need to have food, so I'll survive. I wouldn't say that to you. you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. But, but that is the underlying motive. For mm-hmm. Everything that you do, there, there is a, a craving, and then there's an underlying motive. Mm. And so the underlying motive is that you need to eat something to survive, so, so you eat tacos to, to survive. But your original craving, your, even though your craving was just to eat tacos, mm. you still had that underlying motive of, I need to eat to survive. I got you. That kind of a thing. And, and there's just, your life is full of those underlying motives. Yeah, some of the ones that you mentioned on Sunday were, you know, conserve energy, obtain food and water, find, love, and reproduce, uh, connect and bond with others, win social acceptance and approval, reduce uncertainty, achieve status and prestige. And you, you said this on Sunday, and I thought this was really insightful. Habits latch onto the underlying motive. Habits latch into the underlying, uh, underlying motive. So as I'm thinking about that, here's... Here's what I also want to encourage you with as a listener. It's probably our third, our third and final nugget for today. I know we only use, usually do two, but, but this one was really important. And that is when it comes to whatever habit that you're trying to change, a lot of times what we have a tendency to do is we focus on what, and this kind of goes back to what I talked about a few weeks ago, is not just finding your what, but to find your why. And I said, when I said, talked about that, I talked about finding your purpose to change. But also, here's another way that you can find your why, is why do you do the old habit? Like what, what, not only what need is it that you're craving yourself to be met, but what's the underlying motive? Because maybe once you can figure out what the underlying motive is, that you can begin to redirect the habit in a way that's healthy. So I, I just want to encourage you to maybe begin to dig. So why is it that I want to smoke? Or why is it that I want to eat? this burger or why is it that I want to eat begin to dig into whatever habit why is it that I lose my temper whatever is it what whatever it is that you want to change is begin to begin to look at the underlying motive what is it that you're trying to truly truly meet that's deep in your soul and I think that that's the element is a, a lot of our cravings a lot of our habits they're really symptoms of something deeper of something deeper. So if we can begin to dig to figure out what the underlying motive is, then we can also begin to redirect it so that it can be met in a way that's healthier. And this is why it helps to be able to make a habit, a craving, attractive or to make it unattractive. Because if I look at the underlying motive and I begin to look at the habit that I'm trying to meet that motive with, if the, mo- if the habit is unhealthy, then what I can do is I can begin to say that, wow, even though I desire that habit, I realize that that habit itself is unhealthy. And ultimately, it's never going to truly meet the underlying motive that I'm trying to use it to meet. And so hopefully what that does then is I begin to look at the healthier habit that I want. And I can say, wow, okay, now, now this makes sense. So, so as I look at this healthier habit, that it will meet the underlying motive in a great and a healthy way and I can move forward in health as well. That's just the way it is. You, you reframe the way you think about something mm. and it helps you to change that habit into the habit that you want to pursue. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, and you, you said this on Sunday. I thought this was great as well. 
We can make hard habits more attractive if we can learn to associate them with a positive experience or in a positive way. Yeah. Can you explain what you meant by that as well? Flip-flop that. Okay. Okay. Let's say uh, a person has a, ha- a habit of smoking. Mm. You know, they say, I, I, I smoke to, to calm my nerves mm. or to get rid of stress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? And then a, another person would get rid of stress by going for a run. Mm. So you can try to think of something or reframe uh, the habit, the bad habit that you have by replacing it with a, with a, uh, a different habit that is more positive mm. and, and accentuate the positive parts of it while you're unaccentuating. That's not, I don't know if that's a word or not. But, but it works for me. <laughs> uh, the parts of the old habit or the bad habit that you want to get rid of. Mm. You want to frame those in a negative way and frame what you want to do in a positive way. That's great. That's great. Well, with this in mind, so, so here are the three nuggets, just again to remind you. The first one is what's your red dot? Is to figure out what that is and what you want to change and what you want to do. And then the second one is to find your dopamine spike. What is it that gets you excited and, and begin to move towards something that's healthier? And finally, the third one is change your perspective, change your perspective, change your perspective. Doing those three things will make a huge difference in your ability to be able to move forward and see growth happen in your life. So I, I really do. I, I really do hope that today has been an encouragement to you and that you walk away with thinking like, wow, here's some, some, some changes that I can make into my life. That, that are really practical, that I think are really helpful. And that's one of the things I loved about this book is that it seemed so stinking practical. And ultimately, it was so stinking practical that anyone can do it. And as I talk about being stinking practical that anyone can do it, make sure you listen next week because uh, we're talking about response and we're talking about making your habit that you want to do to make it easier for you to practice and to, and to do. So I'm, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss next week. And even better, if you can come to Encounter on Sunday so you can get the full scope of what we're talking about for the message, come to Encounter on Sunday so that you can be really encouraged and uplifted And when it comes to making change in your life and to begin to see how I can make my new habits easier, to make them easier. Well, Stan, I just wanted to say thanks for coming and spending some time today and doing this, this podcast with me. It was great being here. I enjoyed it. Uh, good. And, and we'll, we'll have Stan out, you know, in the future. I'm sure that this definitely won't be his last rodeo <laughs> with us. And, and maybe, you know, the next time we hear from Stan, he would have caught a 60-pound tuna <laughs> <laughs> that he could tell the story about as well. So, again, I, I just wanted to remind you, if you could do us a favor, if you can review as well as rate us, Because what that does is that helps people who are looking for doses of encouragement in their lives to be able to find this podcast and hopefully be able to gather something from it that they can take and be able to utilize in their lives as well. And then also we want to let you know that if you find yourself in North Torrance on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we absolutely would love to have you come out and join us for one of our services. And again, just a reminder that Encounter is about three things. Love up, where we are committed to falling madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, where we're committed to showing love to our community. And love in, where we're committed to developing great relationships that really change lives. 
and looking at that on an individual place basis, love up. How can I love God more today than I did yesterday? Love out. How can I be more loving to those around me today than I was yesterday? And love in. How can I take care of myself better today than I did yesterday? Well, take care. God bless you. And we hope to see you again next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.